0: Applause to Brian. Good morning, everybody. Isn't that worship so good? Aren't we blessed with, like, the best worship in San Diego? Possibly, you know, in the United States. I might be a little biased, but, man, our team. Thank you, guys. It's so, it's, it's incredible. I mean, they're, they're gifted and so, so talented, but, you know, also um, the anointing is just so powerful. So thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Um, <clears throat> Well, uh, my mom is here today, and it's always great when mom is in the house. Um, about, like, about a month ago or so, she was having some issues, and we had to increase um, the pregnazone, and if you know what that is, it's a steroid, and it causes a lot of like bruising on the skin and blisters and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's not pretty, but anyway. So we, we had one happen on her leg, and it just kind of got out of control, and I was... You know texting people and nurses and like what should we do and everybody was like well just wrap it gently you know protect it keep it from bursting hopefully it'll heal well weeks went by and it didn't heal and so we got more concerned and so we took her to doctor and the doctor was like i'm not so sure about it maybe just protect it and keep it and and he's like but it's getting kind of jello-y under there so um he's like i'm gonna send a picture to the wound specialist so they can decide and as soon as the wound specialist saw it they were like you're coming in tomorrow basically so i'll show you i'm gonna this is kind of gross so if you're not prepared to be grossed out at church you might want to look away this is the pre-warning but we're gonna put that picture up for them to show them what the blister looked like on her shin for me please yeah my, it was the size of my hand like it was the length of my hand that's how big that is just so you're fully grossed out yeah and we went to the wound center and they were like oh no this you have to drain and debride it right away if you don't know what that means it means they d- <laughs> they yeah. yeah I thought they're gonna put a little needle in suck it out no 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 there you're gonna be grossed out so they put like the paper on the floor and she's like you don't understand what's happening under there is the blood as you can tell has become like jello under the blister and she said it's very unhealthy what's actually happening is it's dying under there so that everything is dying and she said if you leave it she said this is not going to heal it's not going to go back into the skin she said it will begin to die the skin it'll die all the way to the bone while you think it's still fine on the outside and she said i've literally had people where because then she just started to like cut and scrape and you know julie over here my kid she's loving it she's like this is awesome i'm in the corner like passing out i'm like holding on i'm like thank goodness dad's not here to watch this so you know they're just she's just and i'm like is that hurt you know mom's like no it's fine it doesn't hurt the lady's like oh it's dead under there it's literally dead and I was like, this is crazy. And she's like, you know, you got to keep it like a garden, keep it wet, keep it protected so it can heal properly. It was a really fascinating thing to watch. It was like, I mean, once I recovered from almost passing out. So you're wondering how this um, applies to my sermon. It doesn't. I just wanted you to be, if I've got to suffer, you got to suffer with me. I mean, that's what family do, right? You know, I was, uh, I was thinking about, I was pondering, I'm like, Lord, what should, I, what should I preach on? What should I speak on? And I was thinking, you know, the, the holidays are coming up, so I think the best topic for me to speak on is unforgiveness, since you're about to have Thanksgiving and Christmas and family dinners, where there's never any offense, right? No. no. Um, so I thought, well, that would be a good topic to talk on. And then while I was pondering all the thoughts about it, the Holy Spirit just breathed life onto my thoughts. And I started to see actually how serious this matter is to him. And um, when I was thinking of this wound on mom's leg, I was like, man, this is, this is kind of interesting, that, that blister and the, what was happening. And as I began to write my sermon, I had a bunch of little thoughts down and I started to type um, the, God sort of giving me a word. And I know the difference because sometimes it's, I know it's for my sermon and I'm typing as fast as I can. Then other times it's a prophetic word that he's speaking. Okay, So I'm going to read it so that I don't paraphrase what he was saying to me, to you, to all of us. So I was thinking of that, that blister, right? And I'm pondering. It says, the Lord said, this is what happens when my people protect their wounds instead of letting me heal them they begin to slowly die inside and they don't even know it they protect the hurt they suffered and focus on it and wrap it in all their attention and conversation and they don't bring it to me they think they can heal it on their own but their way is causing more harm the longer they let it fester bitterness and resentment begin to grow in their heart now Just like the blood in the blister clotted and thickened and became unhealthy, so the unforgiveness clogs their heart. What is supposed to be your wellspring of life, your inner man, where the life's essence flows through, gets clogged up. And now the blood and the heart become unhealthy and sick. I was like, God is deep. I I, wrote, I literally wrote God is deep underneath that. I was like, wow, god. I just stood in my office. I was like trembling from I'm like, wow, god. That is so so deep and the visualization like the picture that i saw uh, of our hearts pumping and in the spirit realm in the natural like this is everything god says your very essence flows through your heart it was like i could see all of the unforgiveness clogging it up so what's supposed to give you life what's supposed to flow through you to others is now clogged up with this and becomes toxic you can't live like that just like that wound is dying while they protected it you couldn't see but it was dying underneath And it would keep dying all the way to the bone, but underneath it looked okay. It's okay. She's got a wound. She's got a blister. It's a little. It's a little. uh, The body's not happy. It's you know. It's this little thing. It's not so big. I can. I'm just. I'm just protecting it. I don't want it to get worse. You don't know underneath what it's doing inside of you. So so profound. So let's read. Let's see what Jesus says about dealing with healing the wounds. Let's go to. Luke chapter 17, my sermon's called Healing the Wounds. Um, Let's see what Jesus talks about when he talks about forgiveness and such. Luke chapter 17, we'll read from verse 1. Then he said to, to the disciples, it is impossible, there's that word, impossible, Jesus is saying it, it is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Watch yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. So Jesus is saying look, it's impossible for offenses not to come. You cannot go through your life unoffended, without offense, without being hurt, without being betrayed, without being slighted. And if you're sitting here today, you're like, yep, one of those, one of those, one of those. (laughs) Yep, had that, had that, had that. Jesus is saying it so you can take it to the bank. He's like, the Bible is full of promises. Here's one of them. You're going to get offended. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get betrayed. You're going to get let down, right? You're like, wow, Jesus, this is great. He's like, yeah, and the longer you live the more offenses are going to come, right? You're like, man, I thought I got over this. He's like, no, you won't be able to avoid it. And your ability to process and handle offense will determine the direction of your life in years to come. Because God will promote you to the level and tolerance of your pain. God will promote you to the level and tolerance of your pain. When you say, that's enough, I can't handle anymore. that's too much, I'm, I can't do it, this is too hard, the promotion will stop. If you're too sensitive, too easily upset, too feathers ruffled all the time, take everything personally, you're not gonna get very far. Even in the, even in the business world, the top earners are problem solvers the top earners, CEOs of companies, they're problem solvers, why? Because they need people that can handle stress, that can handle anxiety, that can handle attacks. They need people that can problem solve for what they need to do. They can't have people that are too sensitive when something happens or take things the wrong way all the time. They need people, the the top earners in the world are people that can both handle criticism and conflict. Two biggest things. So if you want promotion in your life, you're asking for more offenses. Because <laughs> the higher up you go, the more people below you to hate you. Yep. Okay? Yep, that's the way it goes. It's good times, yeah? Aren't you glad you came to church today for all this good news? <laughs> but it's so true. And if you, you've got to be able to process stress. You've got to be able to handle these things. You've got to be able to let things go. You have to be able to look at somebody else's side of the the equation. Okay, what's going on? Is this what's going on in their life? Maybe they're acting. All of these things become very important as you go up the ladder. And it's no different in God's kingdom. God's kingdom is the same. You think just because you serve in the church or you have a ministry or you come to church that nobody is going to hurt you or let you down or offend you. (laughs) I think you just get more shocked, right? that it happened in the church but it's almost a guarantee that you're going to get stabbed in the back eventually you're like man I'm so glad I came this Sunday but what do we do with all this good news how do we handle it right right there's all this good stuff coming down the pipe (laughs) well we've got to we've got to be prepared right so what do we do how does Jesus who is our role model how does Jesus tell us to handle this Let's look at Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. I'll just read it from here. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? See, Peter thinks he's being smart, right? He's like, he's like I, I've got this covered. My, when somebody sins against me, I've got to forgive them once, seven? That's been good, right, Jesus? Seven times. Not once, seven times. Jesus is like, no. I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. I'm not great at math, but that's a lot. <laughs> Jesus is actually not wanting a number. He's not wanting you to be able to put a number on it. That's why he gave a number where you're like, what? Um, what? That sounds like a lot, a lot, a lot. He's like, yes, it's perpetually, constant, never-ending. What? Yes. And it's something you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn to forgive because you're going to have to constantly be doing it. Constantly. It's going to come up a lot. So never-ending, unending, forgiving. And if you don't learn to forgive, you're not going to thrive You're going to live in suffering and you won't move forward. You have to learn to let it go. Now, I realize there are are, um, varying levels to um, offense and also really depths of hurt that I'm not trying to make light of them. I'm not trying to minimize them. And some are much harder to forgive than others. And... I've been a pastor long enough to hear some horrific stories from, from people uh, and what they've walked through and what's happened to them. And the worst part of it, it, usually it comes from another family member. That's the saddest ones, right? And it's like, why are the deepest hurts and betrayals often from within our own family? And it's really sad you know you hear stories are oh, you're, you're abandoned by your dad or they are abused by their mother or their husband left them or they their siblings rejected them right there's all this that goes on and the pain goes so deep that you can feel like your heart literally is breaking like your actual heart is breaking and you know i used to think when i was younger i used to think you know, when you read through the Bible, things you feel like you've got a hold of, you know, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I've got this one under my belt. I thought, oh, I have no problem with unforgiveness. I'm like, I get it. I can see the other person's side. I'm never really, I'm never really, I don't have a problem with unforgiveness. I can forgive quite easily. Until, mm, until I had to walk through the greatest betrayal of my life. And I remember saying, it only hurts when I breathe. Basically all the time. The pain is so severe and so real. But you know, Jesus understands. That's why part of the reason why God became a man is so that we could never say, You don't understand. He went through everything we're going through. James, Jesus' brother, didn't Agree with him, didn't think he was the Messiah. His own family didn't believe in his vision and his calling. His own brother didn't believe he was the Messiah. I mean, in all honesty, in, in James' in James's defense, you know, he grew up with Jesus. And then one day Jesus is like, I'm the Messiah, the Son of God. And James is like, uh, No, you're like the Son of my mom? Stop. You know, it must be hard, right? Even, but even after all the miracles, even after everything he did, James didn't believe. So his own family is not, supportive, is not supporting him. And then one of Jesus' closest, one of the 12, Judas, betrays him for just 30 pieces of silver. Like, Jesus is going, really? Couldn't you have asked for more? Like, this is it? This is all I'm worth to you? After everything I've done? After everything I've given you, this is what you would betray me for? And then Jesus gets arrested. And his disciples are nowhere to be seen. And if you read the account of what happens when he gets arrested, people come from all over to falsely accuse him. Because they have to have something to accuse him of. So they have people coming who falsely accuse. And, and, and the, the judges basically stand there going, does anybody have anything good to say? Can anybody refute what they're saying? And nobody Silent. Have you had that where you've been falsely accused at work and the people that know you best keep their mouth quiet while they're falsely accusing you of stealing or something and you're like, what? Where are you? How could you do this? How could not one of you show up to defend me? Silent. The pain, the excruciating pain that must have felt like. Jesus understands. Trust me, Jesus understands. And how does Jesus respond? He's hanging on the cross. All but one disciple is here. The people that he healed yesterday are shouting crucify him. The people that got delivered and fed five loaves and two fish are standing crucify him. The people down front are are rolling dice for his clothes. The people that brutally killed him, they're killing him right now as he hangs there. He says, Father, forgive them. While he is being brutally killed in the moment, not a week later after he's had time to process, or a month later after he went through all the courses to deal with unforgiveness, right in the moment, he says, Father, forgive them. Wow. That is the God we serve. Yeah. And you know, living for Christ, we get warned that beyond our normal, like beyond the normal hurts, Uh, And wounds of life, like there's, it talks about in the Bible, you can almost guarantee there's gonna be a greater persecution that comes from walking with God. You're like, where do I sign up for this? This sounds great. But it's true though, because now when you walk with the Lord, now you have an enemy that wants to stop you. Because he's not happy about you telling everybody about how much Jesus loves them. He's not happy that you're praying for the person at work and they're getting healed. He's not happy that you're evangelizing and inviting people to church and sharing the love of God with them. He wants to stop you. So he doesn't come himself. No, he sends the people that are closest to you to hurt you, to stop you, to wound you, to keep you locked in unforgiveness. And you know, I guess, I guess this is what takes us by surprise. Because as you pursue God, you know, you're running off to God, you get told the enemy's going to attack, you're, 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 you're prepared for an attack from the enemy. What you're not prepared for is to be stabbed in the back. And I think those hurt the worst because we were unprepared for it. It caught us by surprise. And the enemy, he can't get to you through the armor of God that you've got on. He can't get to you. But I don't know if you've read the Bible, but there's actually no armor of God for your back. So in order to be stabbed in your back, they got to be standing awfully close. I understand offense. It hurts. It really, really, really hurts. It hurts because he was supposed to love you. It hurts because they were your parents and they weren't supposed to treat you that way. It hurts because that was unfair and unjust what, ha- what happened to you. It hurts because there was no way under God's green earth that that should have ever happened to you. It hurts because it mattered. You have to acknowledge the hurt. To hurt is human. You have to acknowledge it. I'm not telling you not to acknowledge it. But when you hold on to that hurt, the unforgiveness changes you to a moment. Chains you. When I walked through that um, devastating season of betrayal, my life, I would, I, would, I would find myself all the time, my mind replaying what happened. Every conversation, every action, every moment. And then here would come all the hurt all over again. Here would come all the tears, all the pain, everything like it had just happened again. And I find myself crying and sobbing and angry all over again. And then one day in the midst of this, the Holy Spirit spoke clearly to me and said, stop it. And I, he said, you already lived through that once. I don't expect you to do it again. And I went, you don't expect me to do it again? No. You're reliving it. You're reliving it. You already lived it once. He's not expecting you to go through it again. Bitterness, what that will turn to in your heart is bitterness. And bitterness will keep you locked in a season. Going round and round in the same season that you were never meant to repeat. So what do you do? I want to get out of this season, Cindy. I want to move past this. Well, you have to acknowledge the hurt. And then depending on the situation, the circumstance, the person, you have to... Take actions forward. If the person that that hurt you was your parent and they've passed on, or it was a a friend and they've moved away and you can't get to them, you can't confront them, because part of healing sometimes is taking it to the person and saying, you hurt me, giving them a chance to either repent, acknowledge it, change. But if that's not possible, God says you still have to walk out forgiveness you still have to lay it down even if you never, ever get an apology. Even if the person is still alive and even after you confront them, you tell them if they don't apologize, you still have to forgive them. It's not for their sake, it's for your sake. Now, if the person is still in your life, maybe it's an ex-spouse and you have kids together and you have to see them, whatever the case may be, maybe if a person is toxic and you don't want them, you need to be able to set boundaries. Boundaries are good. Boundaries help protect you. You don't have to be somebody else's punching bag because they're unhealthy. You can set healthy boundaries and say, No, I want to walk with my heart pure before God, which means I cannot have you in my life anymore. I will communicate, I will do what I need to do, but I don't need to hang out with you, I don't need to see you. And that is not being, uh, that's not saying, Oh, you don't love me. No, you do. I love you from a distance because you're not healthy to me and it's most important God's not gonna after God's rescued you from a situation if you go back that's on you he got you out he said protect yourself you keep going back you keep getting beaten up that's that's not on God if you're in a marriage and I'm not talking about Infidelity, of course, if you, if you broke the covenant and you decide to work that out, that, awesome. Praise the Lord. But I'm talking about in a marriage, there can be lots of chance for offense. You, I wouldn't know. You're amazing, baby. <laughs> I mean, in other people's marriages. You know, there's, there's chance, right? There's chance to be hurt. There's chance to be let down. So a lot of times, marriage counseling is a good idea. Because it allows both people to talk, get stuff out, get past the hurts, hear each other communicate. But if you have let somebody down in the marriage for some reason, realize that just because you're forgiving them doesn't mean it didn't happen. Because you're still going to have to walk out the consequences of letting your spouse down. Meaning if you ran up the credit cards and now you've repented, I won't do that again, and now you're moving forward, they might be a little bit on your case, like, hey, I'm going to hold the credit card. I'm not quite trusting you with that yet. We've got to walk out the consequence of the behavior. However, you have to forgive them. You have to forgive them. You have to let it go. You're not saying it never happened, but I'm going to have to let it go so that I can move forward, especially if they've repented and are trying to change. Because just like the Holy Spirit told me, stop reliving it. I only expected it to live it once. Every time you bring it up, you're making them relive it. And if God doesn't expect us to be relive it, why are you making them relive it? I'm talking about once there's been a repentance and we're moving forward. If they haven't repented, bring it up all you want. <laughs> Rewind the tape. Um, but I'm saying, like, if, you, if the person has, then realize the damage you do every time you bring it up. They know, right? The consequences that they're having to take remind them of what happened. You don't need to. And if you've forgiven them, you have to let it go for your sake. You know, forgiveness doesn't mean that you put your, hand, your head in the sand and act like it didn't happen. Forgiveness is an action. Forgiveness is an action, not a feeling. Unfortunately, most people say, well, when I feel like I'm over it, I'll let it go. When I feel like they've done enough, I'll let it go. But it's not that at all. You'll be waiting for a while. Because forgiveness is an action. And if you don't learn to forgive, the offenses will run your life. Because pain can become addictive. Have you ever met those people or maybe know those people where... You know, you, it's been like two years since something happened to them. And when you talk to them, they're still acting as if it happened a week ago. Like all the emotion, all the anger, all everything. And you're like, didn't this happen two years ago? You know, are you still really there? Or the person that's like the, per- the perpetual victim, right? They, every time you see them, it's a reason why their week isn't going well. But like every time. <laughs> or their month is bad because, oh, I got a flat tire. Oh, my boss yelled at me because I was late to work. But everything is like a 10, you know? And I'm not talking about somebody who's walking through a diff- difficult season that you're walking through them with it and everything is tough. I'm talking about somebody who's like, you've known them for years, and you're like, oh my gosh, why is this person always the victim? And if you're that person, this is what your friends are thinking. Why are they making such a big deal out of this? Seriously, oh, I'm so sorry. No. Because what's happened is they've become addicted to the pain. They like, they've grown accustomed to the attention and the empathy that they get from you. So they have have learned behavior that I can get empathy and attention if something is wrong. During that season, as I was walking, trying to get healed and, and, and forgive and move on, I had to tell my family at one point, please stop talking about it. I've given it to the Lord and I'm I'm walking out my forgiveness. So I need you to not talk about it anymore. And the thing is, it felt good to have my family there for me and defend me and support me and be so shocked and surprised with me. And it felt good. But it was also feeding it and keeping it alive. And if you've done any kind of research, if you know anything about how the body works, it's toxic, to your, it's toxic to your body. Literally, those thoughts reliving them, it's toxic to your whole system. It makes you sick. You get filled with anxiety. It's terrible. I actually had to check myself into the ER one night because the pain in my body was so severe from the anxiety, from the heaviness of what I was dealing with. And so I knew I had to stop it. Forgiveness is an action. Sometimes you have to do something And sometimes you have to stop doing something. Forgiveness is an act of releasing as well. God says this. He says, vengeance is mine. Whether here or later, vengeance is his. So you have to let it go. You have to give it to God. And I remember I would forgive daily. I would wake up and when the thoughts would come, I'd say, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them and then here comes the rush of emotion that wants to get me upset and angry and everything else and all the toxicity wants to flow through my body and so I have to get a little more intense and I would just say stop it I would yell at myself in my own apartment stop it stop it God rescued you God saved you, you're delivered, you're freed, you're forgiven. I will not do this. I refuse to let my past dictate my destiny. I will not have this. I will not live toxic. I will not live with anxiety. This will not destroy me. I will not be bound to this moment. I will not be chained to my past. You cannot have me. I am freed. And I would do it a little more crazy than that. I'm like holding back for you all. Because you're not saying the pain didn't happen. You're saying the pain no longer controls me. I took my control back. I was like, oh, no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not going to steal my happiness. No, you're not going to steal my joy. No, I ha- that moment is done. And just because they couldn't see my worth doesn't mean I have to think the same as them. My worth is in God. And I'm sorry you couldn't see it but I'm not gonna try and make you see it. I'm gonna give it to God. I heard this statement, they said offense is an event, but offended is a decision. Offense is an event, you can plan for it, put it in your calendar, it's coming. (laughs) But offended is a decision. We make plans for all kinds of things in life. We plan for a rainy day or a dentist appointment that you might need to save for because that takes like your whole tax refund. Um, but you plan for things to happen in your life. You, you make plans. So the best thing to do, if, God, if Jesus has already said, hey, this is coming, is to make sure you plan for it. Plan in your heart now. What are you going to do when an offense comes? You know, a lot of times when people enter into like a legal agreement, there's a clause that says, if something happens, a dispute happens, we will not go straight to the courts. We will seek arbitration, which means we're going to try and work this out. So you need to decide in your heart now, hey, tomorrow when I'm offended, what, what, how am I going to handle this? All right, I might be upset for a day or two, but then I got to go to the Lord and I got to take it to God. Like I said, some are easier. You can let it go in a day or two and you can really take it to the Lord and say, God, they're your kid. I'm giving them. here. you go. You know what's happened. I'm, I'm letting this go. If it's more serious and it's a very deep betrayal and I'm not making light of people that have walked through abuse and all kinds of horrific things, that takes longer. I understand. It took months. It took months of the unforgiveness, saying it with my teeth gritted like this, I forgive them. Until one day I was like, oh, I forgive them. Until one day I prayed for them. And not that their tires would burst on the freeway, but um, you know, a real prayer. If you've been betrayed, folks, you pray that prayer. Come on now, don't leave me out here hanging like you prayed it. Don't, you know, I know you did. Just sit there all holier than thou. But when you really can pray for them, when you really can pray for them, that's when you know your heart is forgiving and you're in the right posture to be in. Because there is nothing you can do to change the past. But you can do everything to change your future if you have the courage to let go of the past. And it doesn't mean just because you let go of it, it doesn't mean that the the sorrow and the pain evaporate. I wish I could say it did, it it doesn't. But that's okay. Joy and sorrow can actually coexist. And God actually says, I'm close to the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. I'm walking through this now, the loss of my dad, Sorrow, but in the same breath, God's joy. So joy and sorrow can coexist. What can't coexist is joy and bitterness. Bitter, like when you put something in your mouth and it's bitter and it's sour. That is what is happening in your heart. And so joy cannot coexist with that. And I get it. You can't forgive in your own capacity. When I hear horrific stories of abuse and things that's happened to people, man, I'm the fighter, right? I'm the person that I'm like, no, get justice, kill him. I'm like, fight, stay mad forever. Be the victim, you deserve it, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because that is human nature. The problem comes when we have God's nature. You no longer get to live in the human nature because you have God's nature. You have the living God inside of you, the Spirit of Christ, the same Christ who hung on the cross and was able to forgive that Jesus, that Spirit resides in you. That love. But you know, I find with us, humans, love is conditional. It's a two-way street. Well, if you, as long as they keep doing this and this and this for me and keep me happy, and I can do this and this for them, keep them happy, as long as you keep me happy and do this, then I'll stick around. I'll keep loving you. It's very transactional. But God's love is unconditional. We actually can't fathom that. Because even at your best, you, you, you see conditions in your love. But God's is unconditional. God is the most, he is love. He is the highest, purest, most amazing form of love. We can't even wrap our tiny brains around. He's kind of love. And that love lives inside of you. So the way you can forgive is because it's not actually you forgiving. You are forgiving from Jesus so if you can't wrap your brain around how you're going to do this if your family and friend says how could you forgive him say it wasn't me the very spirit of God the life of God the love God is love the way I was able to do it is because I tapped in I stepped into and I let it be Jesus it was no longer me that forgave it was Jesus I wrapped myself in his love so much that I was able to release it. Because if he was able to forgive while people were killing him, who am I to hold on to this? God knows. Jesus knows you were betrayed. He knows you were hurt. He knows you were let down. He said, look, it's going to come. Because guess what? Whether you're married to the person or friends with the person or in your family, they're not perfect either. No, none of us are. We've looked at our own life. There's a list of people behind us who we let down. We're not perfect. And tomorrow you might offend somebody else. (laughs) Right? But by the very power and love of God inside of you, you can forgive. I have a saying that I've said for years. I don't even know who originally said it, but I've just said it so long I feel like it's mine. Um, But I've always said, I said, Resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It only kills you. They don't even know half the time. They don't even know what's going on, but it's killing you like that blister. It's dying underneath. God is not saying it because he he doesn't want you to understand that you've been wronged or feel the pain or any of that. He's like, I get it, I, you're hurt and I'll hold that and I'll help you and I'll heal you. But you need to let it go. You need to scrape it clean and give it to me so I can heal it. So I can make you stronger from it. So I can move you forward from it. You can learn from it, grow from it. You'll be able to look back and go, wow, what a journey. Look at God's healing. Look at God's resurrection. Look at what God did in my life. Because he can take the ashes and turn them into beauty. But he can't do it while you're still holding on to it. While you're still protecting the blister. While you're still wrapping it and talking about it and keeping it on the outside alive. He can't heal it. You have to make a choice to let it go. To walk for some of you for the next day, the next week, the next month, waking up saying, I forgive them. Because before God, you have to Mm -hmm. for your sake and for what God's got for you. Go ahead and stand with me this morning. I want to give you an opportunity. This is is very serious with the Lord, and I'm actually probably going to, Keep talking on it from a different angle in a couple weeks' time after Ed is here because the Lord showed me so many more things that I just didn't have time to put them all in today of how important this is and and what else it affects in your life. And so we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go on. But even right now, as the word comes, you have an opportunity. Can we have some music? Thanks, guys. As the opportunity, when the word comes, hits your heart, you have an opportunity whether to receive that seed that word, that life, or you have an opportunity to reject it. For some, the heart is hard. It's been years of holding on to this. So sometimes one message doesn't get through. It just makes a a chip in the armor. just makes a chip in the heart. And that's okay. It's a chip. We're getting somewhere. But I've always... I had this thought in my head that it's... You can judge the maturity of a believer by how well they forgive. Because what we're known for as children of God is our love for others. And I'm not asking you to fake forgive it like the hurt happened and you haven't worked it out. You, I'm not asking you to fake and act like I'm all fine the next day. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking you to honestly be honest with it and say, okay. All right, Lord, let's let's do this. I'm ready. as an act of surrender, as an act of saying, God, I give this to you, I'm not going to ask you what it is. I don't want you to know. I just want you to come down to the altar and just stand here. We're going to just pray and just give it to the Lord. This is just a moment between you and God. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. You're saying, God, this is, I'm just giving this to you. I'm tired of carrying this, I'm tired of holding on to this. I don't want to, I don't want it killing me on the inside doesn't matter if it was a small one, a big one, if it happened years ago. If it's something that's bothering you, then you just come and give it to the Lord. It's just an act of, by taking a step forward, you're saying, God, I'm serious with this. This is me screaming out loud, stop. I'm stopping with this. I'm stopping. I'm not going to let this eat me up anymore. I'm stopping. I'm not going to relive it anymore. You rescued me. I'm not going to relive it. I'm not going to hold them hostage. I'm not going to be chained to this moment anymore. I'm not going to be chained in this season where I've been repeating stuff because I'm stuck in this. No. God is the God of love. His ability is allowing you to forgive right now. His ability. His love in you is allowing you to let it go, to release your grip on it. They haven't suffered enough, though, God. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You don't know what was going on in their life when they did what they did. You don't know what they were struggling with, what they how badly they were hurting, what was happening in their life and why they did what they did. I'm not saying it's right, but hurt people hurt people. You can't always make sense of it. You can't make logic of it. And God's not asking you to. It's just saying, let it go. Just from your heart, just say, God, I give it to you. I can't do this anymore, God. I can't do this, I can't do this to myself. I can't live here, I can't be stuck anymore. I need your healing, God. I need your healing. So I'm gonna give it to you. With all I've got, I'm gonna give it to you, God. I give them you, I give give you my hurt. I give you how worthless I felt. I give you how betrayed I felt. I give you the deep heartache and the pain and the tears. I give it to you, God. Because only you can restore. Only you can heal. Only you can bring beauty from ashes. Only you, God. Only you can enable me to love again. Only you, God. Give me the ability to see them like you see them, God. Give me the eyes to see them like you see them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for each and every person's heart here today, God, that has responded to the truth. As you've been knocking on their heart, Lord, they're responding. They're taking a step and responding and saying, I hear you, Jesus. I hear you. It's been hard. It's been difficult, but I hear you, Jesus. I hear you. I'm responding. Your words didn't go unheard, Jesus. I'm responding. I'm responding. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I thank you for the spirit of peace right now that rests on each and every person. I thank you, Father, for your comfort. That you can comfort like nobody else. I thank you right now that the healing balm of Gilead is being applied to each one of their hearts. Right now, the pain is going. The sorrow is going. It's been taken from your heart. It's been taken from your soul. You're going to have the ability to walk out in love and joy without bitterness. I speak protection over their hearts, protection over their minds, Holy Spirit, help them stand guard over the words that come out of their mouth. Help them stand guard over the thoughts that come into their mind. That even they'll remember the words, stop it. And they will stop themselves from reliving, rehashing, and hurting all over again, which is what the enemy is trying to get them to do. I thank you, Father, that you're gonna show them your love and the depths of your love like never before. That they will experience you in a way they've never known because you are the great comforter. You are the healer. And now, as they've given it over to you, Father, I know that you're going to wrap your arms around them, strengthen them, fill them, enable them to let it go. Thank you for your healing. There's the anointing of God right now. That's the anointing of God flowing through this place. Thank you, Father. Right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, there's the anointing of God coming. There's the healing anointing of God. Healing anointing of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your presence. That's just the presence of God. It's just hard to stand up here. The presence of God is so thick. It's just so tangible, that's all. Thank you, Lord. Catches. be ready. It's just really tangible. God's just meeting them. It's nothing strange. God's just meeting them. And I'm telling you, when you experience his power like it's up here right now, it's just hard to stand. It's just hard to stand. He's healing their hearts. He's healing their hearts. The very life essence that flows from your heart, your ability to love others has been restricted and clogged, and God's just doing a little cleaning. He's cleaning out their hearts. He's restoring their hearts, fresh blood. The very anointing of God is flowing through them, cleansing, healing, restoring, making new. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you for always loving us and meeting us. Thank you, Jesus. If you're not right with the Lord, maybe you've walked away from Him. Maybe you've never met Jesus as your Savior. It's a good time to meet Him. It's as simple as Repenting of everything saying God I, I've messed up. I'm I, I'm a sinner. I need you Jesus I need you as my Lord, and I need you as my Savior if that's you just raise your hand wherever you are We'll pray for you right where you are Just Say God I'm ready to get right with you. I've been running for too long Thank You Jesus Thank You Father you see those hands. Thank You Lord. Thank You Jesus God God sees your heart before the words even come out of your mouth. He sees your heart. He knows you're His child. You're His child. And He loves you. And He loves you. And today you're restored. Today you're in His kingdom. Today is a new journey with Him. Everything you've known in the past is gone. The old person is gone. The old person that couldn't deal with things, that couldn't face things, that couldn't handle things is gone. Today, you're a new creature in Christ, filled with His strength. You can face tomorrow because it's not you alone anymore. You are one with Jesus. You are one in the Spirit. If you could see the very power that resides inside of you, God has given you the ability to be able to face whatever comes. Because he is a good God. He is a good, good God. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Give the Lord some praise. We serve a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Just allow the people some time. We'll just keep the softer music on for me for a while. Just allow them their time with the Lord. I don't want to rush them. Takes, take some time with the Lord. Just allow them their time. But... Uh, I love you guys. Jesus loves you more. And we'll see you for Ed Trout next Sunday.